0: Love, talk,
1: radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life journeys with our mentors. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which might be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey, and our mentors may provide the roadmap for your journey. Each week, I will be talking with those coaches who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Who are these mentors, you'll ask? Well, each Thursday, you will hear coaches who are most of who have authored books and papers on tennis, sports, and life itself. And more importantly, they continue to give back today. Uh, These mentors include... Usually on the first uh, Thursday of the month, Alan Fox. Uh, on the second uh, Thursday, Chuck Reese. On the third, uh, Dr. John Murray. And then filling in those the rest of the fourth and fifth weeks, you'll hear people like Coach Scott Williams, uh, Linda Leclerc, Ashley Hobson. Uh, a few weeks ago, you. The, Two weeks ago, you heard uh, Coach uh, Mick uh, Mikulowski, uh, the USTA Director of Experimental Learning. And today we have a very special uh, guest, uh, Scott Engay, who I've been blessed to uh, know for many years. We go all the way back to, uh, I'm not sure if I met him the first time at the Missouri. Uh, uh, Conference uh, out there in Kansas, or if it was at the uh, World Scholar Athlete Games, uh, when I'm sure he would agree with me, we probably got more out of it than we gave to uh, coaching the uh, kids at the University of Rhode Island. But uh, these are some of the people you can expect to hear, and um, and many more. We uh, we try to get people that are still given, still involved in uh, tennis because tennis is a great game. I would like to also thank the Yellow Ball Network CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our tennis network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you're missing out on some useful information. I'd really recommend it. Of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is that if you can Tune in live. You can listen whenever you choose. Uh, Truthfully, uh, I seldom listen to Wednesday's uh, American Tennis broadcast live because I'm usually pretty busy. But I usually uh, always catch uh, Chuck Reese's uh, broadcast. And uh, many of you might not be able to listen to our broadcast live. But uh, tell your friends about it and they can tune in any time they wish and they can uh, listen. Because I do believe Dr. King, when he said our lives begin to end, the day we become silent about things that matter, time permitting each week, I will add my personal views on North American tennis and life. And naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Once upon a time... That's where uh, our American uh, prose came from, and uh, hopefully, at some point, uh, we'll be going back to that again. I pray. Besides our weekly conversation, the Almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my views in Florida Tennis. Now in its 25th year, and uh, as I've previously expressed, if you disagree. What would I say on the ear or my articles, please email me at coachdenise.fhstcaatt.net. dot Coach Denise D A N I S E dot F H S T C A at A-T-T dot net. Who knows? I may even share your views. It wouldn't be the first time. I've done it before. Uh, We will always hear uh, our views on uh, this broadcast. Uh, As you know, I am vocal about what I believe in. I think if you really uh, believe in something, you should be able to express your views. But I think it's also important to listen to other people's views. And uh, I really try uh, to go out of my way to listen to other people's views. And um, you might not change my mind, but I do respect your views. And I, uh, when I feel there's a question there, I will sometimes express them. I don't take calls over the broadcast no more because uh, I'm late getting into the 21st century and uh, I'm not a computer person and I have trouble if I do have a problem with the uh, computers. But um, if uh, you do have a question, you do have a disagreement, contact me at at coachdenise.fhstcaatt.net. and I do respect everybody's point of view, and uh, I will get your point of view um, on, either on the air or in Florida uh, Tennis uh, Magazine. Uh, besides Florida Tennis uh, Magazine, I would like to thank a couple people that have been instrumental with me and instrumental. High school tennis in Florida, and that is Wilson Tennis for over 100 years in sports. I've been blessed to see over two-thirds of that. and uh, God, I wish I could be around for the next 100 years to see what else they have coming, but you know it's going to be special. District 15 Association, over 20 years of providing tennis programming. Uh, The last couple years has been mostly for the 10 and under. I've been blessed to be the tennis director there for the last 20 years, and um, I often uh, cared on those Saturdays when parents uh, bring their under-10 kids in uh, that I have to be there because my wife reminds me I can't afford a divorce. Uh, But they've got to be involved with their kids, and they should stay there too. And I would tell you as a high school coach for over 20 years, uh, the district titles and the uh, state champion I was blessed to have uh, been part of uh, at our school would have never came about if it wasn't for programs uh, like this here. And by uh, um, like Bobby knows, I love that. I need to thank Flagler insurance for recognizing that our future leaders are now in high school. Now they've been a big, uh, supporter of our all star uh, team. And uh, of course, that all star team always looked good because they, not just because of Wilson, but our coaches and players had, were dressed with team connection. And uh, they remind us that tennis fuels life. So I would like to thank all of them. And I see that our. Um, guest is on today and uh, it should be uh, an interesting conversation because uh, it's somebody I've known and respected for numerous years and who has, God, he's been so, whenever he ask for help, there's never been a, a better person involved. Scott, are you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here, John.
1: Scott, how are you? If you give me just a minute, I'm (laughs) going to be just uh, what you? I would. um, I'm blessed to uh, be one of the six coaches that are the inaugural coaches. coaches, High school coaches going into the National High School Tennis Coaches Association, and I had hoped that we would have those coaches on the air. But like I said when I started the broadcast, the great thing that I love about the people that are coming on usually, are mentors, they're still given today. And these, these people that are so much more worthy than I am are still giving today. So we're going to put a little bit more pressure on Scott because he's going to have to tell us a little bit about each of them, uh, not me, Scott, but the rest of them. And uh, and then, uh, being we don't have the allotted time, I know you and I um, have talked before about some of the myths uh, of coaches talking about college tennis, and uh, I don't think your views have changed uh, since the, uh, you've become the uh, head boys and girls coach at uh, Ottawa University. But with uh, over 25 years of high school uh, coaching, uh, I know we talked about this before. Those of you that don't know, the National High School Tennis Coaches Association is a group that introduces us to the top 25 boys' high school teams, the top 25 girls' high school teams, and uh, God, the work that Scott does there uh, is instrumental, and even though he's coaching college tennis now, he tells me he's going to continue. And, Scott, you know, if I could be of any help, you just have to ask uh, because uh, I don't know how you do all you do. So, Scott, today you have to do a little bit more because we don't have uh, those coaches from the other five states on. So would you be so kind as to introduce them?
0: Yeah, thank you, John. First, I'd like to, you know, start with you. I've known you for, you know, since in the early uh, 90s uh, when we coached together at the World Scholar Athlete Games. And you have such a great reputation in Florida for the uh, Florida High School Tennis Coaches Association, but all the impact that you made on Florida tennis and uh, high schools there and all the kids you did. So we definitely wanted to bring you on as one of the inaugural um, inductees to the National High School Tennis Coaches Association to you, I say congratulations, and uh, thanks for all that you do.
1: Well, thank you. And uh, I, looking over at these other individuals, I, uh, you know, quite frankly, don't feel as worthy. And I've also uh, recommended some Florida coaches to you that I'm sure in uh, the coming years, uh, hopefully some of them that are going to be joining this great group
0: yeah, I'm sure they will because we, there's a long history of uh, great coaches in the in the state of tennis uh, or in the state of Florida. Excuse me. If I could, I'd like to introduce uh, the the five coaches along with yourself. Uh, give a little Please. bit about their background and history. Mm-hmm. Some of these I know very well uh, because I've had uh, opportunity to meet them and actually play against some of them. Uh, first, I'd like to introduce Jay Kramer from Hinsdale Central High School in Hinsdale, Illinois. is a suburban uh, city of Chicago. Uh, Jay has an outstanding reputation. Uh, some of the things that he's been lucky and, and, and fortunate to do is uh, uh, start the, uh, one of the first indoor clubs in the suburb, West Suburban area back in the early 1970s when the tennis boom hit. He was a high school coach but also a businessman, ran that club and developed many, many players and went on to play for him. In uh, Jay's uh, uh, career. He played um, uh, college tennis at Northwestern and uh, actually coached against my father for 50 years. My father and Jay are both uh, inductees into the Illinois Tennis Hall of Fame. Jay has actually won, uh, been a USPTA member and has won the National High School Coach uh, of the Year Awards for the USPTA. When he was coaching at Hinsdale Central, his team's won a consecutive uh, I believe it was nine consecutive Illinois State titles and 15 overall for the men and I believe 14 for the women, making 29 total. The uniqueness about the Illinois State Tennis Tournament is from its inception until just recently, the last couple of years, it has been a one-state state tennis tournament. That means every high school in the state of Illinois will compete for one title and to win 29 titles over his 50-year career uh, was just uh, incredible. Everybody knew in Illinois who Hinsdale Central was because of Jay Kramer's uh, teams. Jay was fortunate enough to coach in the early 60s. Marty Reeson, who was a top-10 world-ranked player, one of the top players Mm -hmm. in the United States from the uh, 60s and 70s, he actually took the program over from Marty Reeson's father, Claire Reeson, who was a famous Uh, tennis player uh, in his own right and coach as well. Uh, Jay also was uh, such a good player. He was uh, ranked in the top 50 men for several years uh, coming out of college. And uh, just, uh, I believe it was about 15 years ago, his daughter Robin and him won a super national uh, senior uh, doubles title, uh, father and daughter. So he was just uh, an incredible coach, incredible person, uh, very well respected and known throughout the, uh, uh, the Midwest as well as Illinois. second coach I'd like to introduce you to is Coach Tim Mang. Tim coached at a couple of high schools in Southern California, and he had the honor and the privilege to uh, coach um, um, Tyler Dent. Tyler Taylor Dent, yes, Taylor Dent. So I was looking at my notes there. Tim goes to D- Taylor Denton and, and California split into two state, or two divisions. They don't have an all-state mm-hmm. state tennis tournament. They have a Northern California and a Southern California uh, championship, but Tim's teams went on to win three of those, uh, considering the, the size and, uh, of the population in California and the uh, quality of tennis there. Um, you, you know, it's a, a great honor you, just to get to the final four. His team's We were champions in 2002, 2003, and 2004, three consecutive years uh, during that time. He also started the High School All-American Award uh, back in the 1990s, where each uh, state champion in the United States plus additional players uh, got awarded by an All-American certificate from him and his organization. Tim uh, uh, brought his team uh, from Corona del Mar uh, in California, to Kansas City and played in our first inaugural indoor invitational back in 1996, and from that uh, from that beginning, he started a major invitational out in California with teams coming from all over the country to play in the uh, 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 All-American High School uh, uh, Tennis Championships. That was a team championship, not an individual championship. So brought great teams from all over the country. Third, I'd like to introduce uh, Jim Navity. Jim Navity is a famous coach from Katy, uh, Texas. He coached at Taylor High School there, had several state championships, uh, 12 consecutive trips to the final four in Texas in the large class, including three state championships in 1997, 1998, and 2002. Uh, Jim just got honored by his school district. for uh, they named the uh, new tennis complex in the district after him. It's called now the Jim Navity Tennis Complex. With 25 years of coaching, Jim also had the honor of uh, coaching the Texas Wranglers, which was at that time the uh, WTT uh, World Team Tennis Team down there. He did a couple uh, summers of that and uh, is well well known in the state of Texas. Uh, next, I'd like to introduce uh, Kirk Price. Kirk Price coached at Cherry Creek High School out of Colorado. Uh, his teams won 35 Colorado State titles. Um, and uh, four times in that span, the program has gone on undefeated, sweeping all the singles and all the doubles in that spot. He is Mr. Tennis in Colorado. Um, Cherry Creek teams that he coached for 38 years are just incredible teams and had the longest win streak for state championships in the nation at one time, at 19 state championships in a row. Perka is now still very active in USTA and uh, tried to get him on the radio show. He's now refereeing and tournament directing that tournament uh, today. He started today. He couldn't get away. But uh, uh, it's so great to see these great coaches still active. Uh, lastly, I'd like to introduce uh, Dave Hawley from Wichita, Kansas. He coaches at Collegiate High School. In Wichita, uh, Dave. Last spring, his tennis team just won its 50th state tennis championship. 26 wow. for boys, 24 for, for 11. Yeah, and Dave is an icon in the state of Kansas and the Midwest. One of the greatest guys that you ever meet. All these guys, are, all these coaches are great people. I know Dave personally because he and I sat on the Kansas State uh, Tennis Coaches Committee for many years, and it's highly wow. famous, highly respected. So I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to present to him his uh, national induction at the halftime of the football game because we live close, relatively close to each other. And when I presented at halftime of the football, game, the, the entire stadium stood up and gave him about a three-minute uh, standing ovation. Dave is still coaching at the age of 65 there, um, still loves the, the, uh, the game, loves being around the kids. And he'll be the first one to tell you it's all about the kids, like all great coaches, and it's about the relationships they made. Um, that uh, standing ovation that they gave him was just all inspiring because the kids wouldn't stop. The administration had to tell him to finally sit down because he is so highly respected in the high school there as a both teacher and a coach. Dave also has had the the new tennis complex at the high school there, named after him, It's now called the Dave Hawley um, Tennis Complex. So great people, all of you, including yourself, John, and uh, these coaches. And uh, uh, they know of their induction now, and we'll be sending their uh, certificate and uh, plaque to them. Uh, many of them are going to be honored at halftime of their basketball games coming up this winter in front of their high schools and former players. So I want to say congratulations to all of them, and uh, we'll look forward to the next, the second class uh, this time next year.
1: Well, thank you, Scott. And you just scooped the uh, Florida Tennis Magazine. Uh, my article uh, in this issue is at the printer today. I talked to Jim Marks, uh, because we thought it would be uh, the next issue would be out today. He tells me it probably won't be out Monday. It's at the press. Uh, and. Okay. We have information on all of them in the uh, article. But I did go a little further because uh, I taken I took the liberty to talk a little bit about you because, uh, number one, I've been blessed to know you for so long. And, but number two, what you have done uh, for high school tennis uh, is – make sure the lead person, in my opinion, to be uh, in the Hall of Fame. But more importantly, going on to coaching college uh, tennis and still keep working, recognizing that we have a sweeping giant in high school tennis and what you still do. Uh, I know as a fact when I was the executive director for Florida High School Tennis Coaches Association, uh, two times you came from Kansas uh, to uh, be a presenter at our workshop, and uh, another time when you couldn't come, uh, you did a presentation uh, on YouTube for us for our certification uh, program. And I've uh, somebody that's always expressed their opinion, I did in my article uh state that um one of the things we've done with the f h s t c a hall of fame inductees is that we uh those people present the next group of people and recommend them and uh you know i'm gonna be a pain in the neck and i'm a, i'm gonna push for our group uh because you should be in there uh you should be there before all of us and uh uh I think that uh, if I could make one more comment before i could uh ask you a few questions because I don't think your opinion has changed since, since you're in uh college coach and uh now um, wow, well, I just lost my train of thought this is uh, happens when uh, uh you get old um Well, let me go into my question, and then it'll come back. You and I have talked before about there's a place for most of I won't say most, but many high school uh, kids in college, and one of the pet peeves I've had over the years is that if you don't play Division I, you're not good enough, you can't play college tennis. Uh, Would you like to talk about some of the myths uh, you feel there is in, um, about college uh, tennis and uh, uh...
0: yeah we've I, I, got four major myths but to touch on your point before we start on that I would like to say to the, the parents and the, and the kids that play high school tennis if you love the sport why not continue to play there are so many uh, positions available even at my college and, and small colleges all over the country where coaches are just begging for players. If you love the sport and you want to be a part of it, you can continue. Like you said, most kids can, can find a place to play college tennis, even if they're not on major scholarships. Usually they can get some scholarship, uh, which will help pay for college, which the parents would, I definitely would appreciate. least son or daughter doing that. Uh, but it's also a way that I, I talk in my recruiting speeches. It's a way to... Uh, network for a job afterwards. Uh, I tell a story about my six guys I played college tennis with. Uh, we all got our first job through a tennis connection. My first teaching job it was with a principal who played tennis. We had an hour interview and we spent 15 minutes talking about the job and 45 minutes talking about tennis. You know, relating to guys that we pl- played against, tournaments we played against, how long we played. You know, so it can be a networking tool to get a job. If you're a college athlete, I always share that with, with parents. Uh, plus, you're, you're, when you transition from high school to college, if you are on a team, whether it's tennis or any other sport, you have a instant group of friends that have a common interest, uh, your your love of tennis, you that want to see you do well, that want to be friends with you, and want you to be part of the team. So the transition is always easier from high school to college when you are on an athletic team. There are so many benefits to playing college tennis, and so few kids actually get a chance to do. I call my college kids special because um, out of all the kids that played high school sports, there's only a few that get selected or a few that choose to play collegiate tennis, and many, many of them. I bet 95% of them, with the exception of Division III, uh, who doesn't give athletic scholarships. 90% 90% of them will get some money uh, to to pay that sport. It just makes too much sense not to play, um, you know, if you love the sport and you, you want to get paid a little bit to come to a university. So myth number one I want to talk about is, and you touched on it too, uh, a lot of kids think, well, there's only good talent at number one. And that one could be farther from the truth. If any kid looks or any parent or any pro looks at Georgia Gwinnett or some of the top NEI schools or Division II schools, um, they are with even par with many of the top 25 uh, Division I schools in the nation. Georgia Gwinnett from the NEI has won five, I think, six national titles, and their Utah Mm -hmm. NTRs, uh, their Universal Tennis Ratings are just off the charts and comparable to Division I players. Even in our Great. small conference here in Kansas, we have many, many players that could have been Division One and just chose to go to the small college route On my team alone, I've got two Division One transfers. Uh, either their their program dropped tennis or they dropped scholarships. They were looking for a place to play, and they're playing for me now this year. And within our conference, I bet you there's at least 20 men and probably 20 women of Our 10-team conference that I would say are Division One talent. Either they chose to go to small college route, or a Buddy talked them into coming to their their school to play with them, or the coach did a great job recruiting them and convinced them the benefits of small college tennis. So you know, to say there's no talent in NEI or Division Three or Division Two is just a fallacy. Uh, my right. son played the NA, uh, played the Division Two national championship when he was a senior in, in college. And, you know, he looked at me and were just awestruck at the talent that was there at the national championship. All those guys at the national championship are Division One talent. And, and to to verify this, all you have to do is look at the UTR ranking. Uh, for those players or, or parents that don't know what UTR is, it's called universal tennis ranking. And it's a, another type of ranking other than UST that can compare college kids to high school kids and international kids to American kids. So it's kind of a universal ranking. That's why it's called UTR. So if they compare those UTR scores, they can see there's great talent in NEIA Division Three and Division Two, and you'll definitely get challenged, especially if you're playing at the top of the lineup um, with uh, uh, the talent that's there. Myth number two is. Uh, kind of an American attitude where, you know, everybody thinks bigger is better. Uh, Myth number two is oftentimes kids and parents will think, I couldn't possibly get a good education at a small school. Well, Duke is only 5,000 students. University of Notre Dame is about 6,000. Oral Roberts, I just checked today, and and, uh, Oklahoma is only 3,000. Bigger is not always better uh, as far as, you know, quality of talent, quality of the program. Some of the best schools uh, in the nation are small schools. Duke is always known as a top uh, quality uh, tennis program. It's not necessarily large school uh, population-wise. Uh, right. And while the big schools sometimes have a better reputation, some of the smaller schools in our country, maybe some of the unheard of schools, um, have great reputations for academics and education. The one I'm thinking about in Florida is Embry-Riddle. They have a oh, great yeah. reputation for academics and aer- aer- uh, aeronautics, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the one right, here right, in the Midwest, right, uh, Beach, right? Yeah, yeah, Daytona Beach. The one in the Midwest here in St. Louis is uh, called Washington University. Most people on the east or west coast have never heard of Washington University. It's one of the top academic small schools in the country, I believe one of the top five. And then Claire Scripps out in um, uh, California, so a very well-known um, small school with great education uh, out there. So bigger is not always better. Uh, you can get a great education at, at a small school. Uh, myth number three, uh, oftentimes um, uh, kids think that we, we're not going to get big crowds, of big support at a, at a small school, you know, it just won't be the same. I always ask the kid, well, how many people – go watch you play at a USDA tennis star, One or two? Okay, it's your mom and dad. How many people watch at a, at a high school? If you're lucky, you're at a good high school that was very supportive of tennis. But most high schools across the nation will just have a couple of moms and dads, a couple of friends come out, maybe, you know, 20 kids, people at all. When you come to a good uh, college program that has a reputation for good good uh, tennis, even at the smaller schools, Division two, II, Division III, uh, NEI, uh, you'll get hundreds of people coming out, and it can get very rowdy and very exciting. Um, the, the college my son played at, he called me the very first tennis match he played, and he said, Dad, this is the most exciting tennis match I've ever played. They had 300 people come out and cheer us on. They were rowdy, they were cheering, they were screaming, it was like the U.S. Open. So you can have that great experience uh, at small schools, too. Um, and I brought Victoria, the credit here, and...
1: I just uh, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, the audience have heard me say it before. If you, <clears throat> excuse me, are blessed to be, be by a uh, college and they're playing tennis, and you're involved with a High School, uh, shame on you if you're not taking those kids to those college games because there's just uh, the value of watching the game. The excitement is one thing, but also being a, able to measure yourself and say. Can I play here? Can I play at this caliber? I mean, shame on you if you're involved in high school tennis and you're blessed to have a, a college team close by and you're not uh, taking advantage of it.
0: Uh, absolutely. You know, every every high school coach and every parent that's in, as a kid that's interested in playing college tennis should go to high school matches just to see the quality of play. And the other thing that's great about that, too, is the intensity of the match play, yeah, I think it's way above what high school is. I mean, we have some great high school matches across the country, but routinely across the country on, on all levels of play, at the college level, intensity and the, the camaraderie amongst the teammates is very, very high and very exciting right. for the kids when they play their first college tennis match. So, you know, those are some of the myths that I, that we have to break, uh, both as high school coaches and, and college coaches I have to break. Um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about what I include or call smart picks. Uh, as a college recruiter, even before I was um, a college coach, I would advise and recruit kids to university. And I'd give them seven uh, what I call good smart picks, ways to figure out, can you play? How do I find out if this is a good fit for me? Uh, my dad put the seminar together um, probably 30 years ago. I took it over and put it on a PowerPoint, and now I travel the country and do this for high school coaches uh, around the country and, and for parents. Um, and it, it's an education process, not only for the kid, but very much so for the parents as well.
1: And yeah, so, for some of the of high school person, coaches, too. Yes,
0: absolutely, yeah. So the first smart pick is, is uh, when I tell the kids, how do you know if you're at a level, level of play that you can make the team? Um, you know, how do you know if you're good enough to play college tennis? As you suggested, number one, you got to go out and watch matches. You'll get a feel for the quality of, of tennis when you go out. Even a, even a high school junior or senior is usually within – driving distance of the college somewhere. And they go out and watch, just observe, and and take a a, uh, viewpoint. But part of that smart pick, number one, is matching your rankings to the players on the team. One of the key ways to do that is if you know players that are currently playing college tennis and you've beaten them, then you know you can play on that team. Once you get that one player that you know is playing college tennis that you're either equal to or better, then you can expand that search. And by expanding the search, I mean every team that that player you've beaten, his his home school, whatever that home school beats, whoever they beat in in their conference or in in regional matches, you know you can play there as well. So now you've just expanded your search from one school where you know you can play at, to maybe five, six, seven, or ten schools. So you got to find your level of play is number one. Your rankings is one way to do it. UTR schools is another way to do it. And then the third way is to get an objective um, uh, rating from probably the college coach. Uh, when you go to a college visit, I encourage players to go to as many college visits as they possibly can on their senior year and get an objective opinion from the coach as far as what their talent level is, what their UTR ranking could be, and where they could play on the team. Because oftentimes what happens is your academy coach will tell you you're D1 level and you get to D1. Um, they may have other motives for uh, telling you that. Uh, so you need to get somebody that's not really associated with you, objective observer. The college coach is best, but you can use the UTR rankings to also kind of figure out whether you're of that ability level. Smart pick number two is how do you know this? Let's say you figured out that uh, that you can play on this team. How do you know this is going to be a good fit for you, the coach, and, and the players? Again, college visits are really important. So you get a chance to know the coach. Um, you get to understand his philosophy of coaching. Uh, but more importantly, you need to find that out uh, from the players. Coaches are salesmen. They're trying to sell their program. They're trying to sell um, their university. Uh, as a college coach, I do the same thing. There's nothing wrong with trying to sell your program and your university, but um, what kids and parents have to be aware of and watchful for is everybody's going to give you the same pitch. It's like a car salesman. Oh, we've got the best deal here for you. we got the best education for you. All right. One of the best ways to figure out how the program actually functions all uh, the kids like it is to ask the players. So if you have a phone conversation with a coach or if you go visit a, a college, one of the best questions you can ask for and a legitimate question for a recruit is, can I talk to some of the players on the team? So the players will more often than not give you an honest opinion of how well the coach is, how well they like the university, you know, and, and some maybe insight into the program that a coach or just uh, basic information wouldn't give you. So smart pick number two is talk to the the players on the team about the coach. Smart pick number three is going to be kind of an intuitive thing. In your conversation with the coach, either on the phone, uh, through emails, or or a personal visit. I like personal visits better. Uh, You got to kind of read the coach and and ask him as many questions as you can about the program and his philosophy. Is he just a coach? Does he care about you as a student athlete? Is he going to help you graduate? Is he going to help you get a job afterwards? Is he going to treat you like part of the family? Or just when you're on the court, that's that's all he uh, cares about is, is winning. Uh, and I believe the best coaches, whether they're high school or college coaches, uh, not only help the players get better, but care about them as individuals and will do everything in their power to help them Graduate and help them become better people. Uh, I think that's just right. kind of a universal thing with coaches, from John Wooden to uh, as tough as Lim, uh, Vince Lombardi uh, was with his players. His players loved him because he treated them like men and, and uh, you know helped them as as human beings. <coughs> John is right. probably the greatest example of that. But you hear stories, of the same stories about Mike Szyndy at at Duke. You hear some of the same stories about. Other great tennis pros, um, <coughs> excuse me, Brian Lansdorp in particular, out in California, who, who coached Tracy Austin and several other top players. I have great respect for Brian. Brian's been going through a little bit of, of uh, health issues, but yeah, I, I talk to him on Facebook and he gets dozens of calls every week from former players asking how he was. That's because of the relationship he built. So, smart so sure. pick number three is figure out the coach has is going to make a personal relationship with you and help you in all the aspects of college life.
1: And I think that ties into what you were talking about too. If you spend time with the coaches, spend time with the the, the team. Uh, I remember having a girl going up to uh school and when she came back, I asked her, well, what do you think? She said, well, I think I love it, but I don't know if, uh, the coach wants me right now. I said, "Well, why do you say that?" I said, uh, "She has a great reputation." And I said, "But I spent more time with the girls and everything than I did with him." So, yeah. and she did get offered a scholarship. And I pointed out to her that maybe he just, you know, has a team where he trusts them. He doesn't want to be a babysitter. He wants you to be part of a team. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. so, so I think those are great points. Go ahead, continue. Yeah.
0: Well and and that's kind of the recruiting pitch I do with my my parents too. I mean, you know, I I've, I've been a parent. I sent my kids off to college and you're trusting your kid to be uh guided and, and mentored by uh, a gentleman or, or or a woman for 4 years. And you want to make sure that relationship and that uh that uh, person that you're dropping your kid off to has your kid's best interest. So I think mm-hmm. that relationship that that coaches make is ultimately important. I always tell the parents when I'm recruiting that, you know, just part of who I am and the way I grew up with my father and watching him coach and other great coaches that affected my life, they all have personal relationships with their players. So I tell my my recruits and my parents, I'm going to treat your son and daughter like my son and daughter. I'm going to take every best step for them that I have to help them be successful both as tennis players, as students, and as people. And I, I think that's what parents want to hear. You know, they want to hear that somebody cares about their kid and it's going to be like a second parent so
1: I agree. So, it's the uh, most precious commodity they probably own. And so they, I agree with you.
0: So smart smart pick number four is, is also an intuitive thing, and that comes to what you were talking about. Um, you know, how is the team? Are they supportive of each other? Do they look like they get along? Uh, do they have positive relationships? Um, and I think that coach that you were talking about, about was smart and letting them hang out with the team. We always do that with our recruiting trips as well. We take them to lunch, you know, get them lined up with the team, and the team always comes to lunch with the, our recruits so they get a chance to talk to them and, and ask them about them. Sometimes your team, if a coach does a good job, can be your best recruiting tool because the recruit wants to know, is this a bunch of uh, is this a bunch of knuckleheads or is this a, a real good bunch of kids that I could see myself with for four years? Mm-hmm. So, I mean that's going to be a critical decision uh, for the for the player and uh, the parent too, because the parent and player are oftentimes you know on the same page being parent child you know they have oftentimes the same values, and the parent will pick up on a relationship or you know a positive vibe from the team or not. Uh, just as quickly as a kid will, so I think it's important that yeah, the, the recruit does hang out with the chance to meet them, talk with them, get a feeling for is this a positive group of people that I could see myself with for four years. Mm-hmm. From uh, so the five, does does the college have a good degree you might want? Right. It's great to go to a winning program. It's great to. Um, know be part of a, a college team that's a special thing, but the ultimate goal of going to college is to graduate and, right you know, I'm telling my kids especially at the lower levels there may be some at division two or excuse me at Division one that will go on to a pro career but even at Division one there are very very few kids that will go on to a pro pro career uh, probably Correct. less than ten percent. So if your, if your goal is to go to college and play tennis, that's great. But your ultimate goal of going to college is to graduate, get a degree, and live the life that you want to
1: live. Right. So pick, and star, pick sometimes number five it, is. Go ahead.
0: Pick number five um, sometimes can get uh, tricky uh, in the fact that, you know, you got to make sure that you're going to go with the intent to, to graduate and not just play.
1: And I think that's a good point for high school coaches, too, is that when you're sitting there trying to showcase that special player, you know, you have to know enough about them than what their studies are. I remember one time with a young lady I had that was – and math was fantastic and trying to find – a scholarship offer to sit there and helping her, I recommended the academies to her. And she said, being an ex-Marine, she said, Coach, everybody's not in this service. I said, I'm not talking about a career. I'm talking about your studies. And she wound up going out to the Air Force Academy and came back. And she says, Coach, I'm going to the Air Force Academy. I said, but I thought you didn't want Oh, I love it. So you, if, you've got to be able – a high school coach should know enough about their players to be able to support them and what they're looking for rather than having if – they're, if they're that quality a player and there's a dozen schools giving them scholarships, if, if it's something they're not interested, in, it might not be the right thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So it's a, it's a long, long process, and there's many check marks that you have to go through. Um, there's some great books out there on, on that. Uh, you know, I'm just giving you my experience from being both a high school coach helping kids who get to college, being a father helping my son make his pick, uh, and I might throw that in too. Uh, parents that guide their kids, that's the, the key word. They should be guiding their kids toward a college, And but the ultimate pick should be um, uh, the kid's choice. What I recommend for parents is Help the kids narrow it down to two or three schools that you feel comfortable with, that you feel comfortable with, and let the kid make the pick. Because if the parent picks the the college for the kid and it doesn't work out, they're the ones that are going to get blamed. So, right. you know, it should always, you know, we want to raise the young adults and they should be making an adult decision. Sometimes their decisions don't work out, but that's all part of the work, uh, learning process as well. Kids transfer because you know, they, the the school they picked first didn't work out, and they make a better choice the second time around. That's all part of the growing and uh, growing process.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Number six, number six on my smart picks is: Can you afford the college? We hear about so many kids coming out of college in debt, hundred thousand dollars in debt. Um, and I used to be, you know, many many years ago, adverse to going to the JUCO route, but the JUCO route can be a very affordable way, and there are some very, very good JUCO teams across the country. So if finances are an issue, and you can't you know, find a school that will give you the money that you need to afford college, JUCO is a, is a great way to do it. Um, the other thing that kids need to be aware of, and, and parents too, is ask, ask for a combination package. Some schools will give a combination of academics and athletic scholarship and make it even more affordable than just strictly an athletic scholarship. Um, most of the colleges are pretty good about guiding parents into that with the FAFSA uh, forms, uh, with uh, Pell Grants, but that's something that parents and kids
1: need to be aware of.
0: Then, I agree. Smart, pick no, s- p- smart
1: pick number seven. Pick number seven. I've gone through this with you before, number seven, I always thought it was interesting. Are you making the decision without prejudice from others? Would you, I'd like you to go into that because I always thought that was pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah. Oftentimes, you know, kids will make picks. Uh, and we've got a list of seven deadly sins for picking a college. But they'll make picks based on, uh, you know, prejudice or bias from other people. Uh, kids who might go to school because their girlfriend or boyfriend are going there. and may not be a good thing. They may pick a school because their parents went there, and their parents are pushing that university. That may not be a, a good pick for them. Uh, they may go there because, and I've heard kids say this: they have a they have pretty buildings on campus. That's not, that's not a good way to to choose a, a university, but that happens, you know. Um, so you know, lots of people can be influenced. When I grew up in Chicago, I had a lot of my friends want to go to the University of Michigan because back in the seventies they had great football. Bo Schembleckler had great basketball, and they just wanted to go there for, you know, watching great sports. And they were great athletes. I said, why don't you go to a smaller school where you can play? I just want to, I want to be part of the big time. I said, well, you're going to be a big time in the stands, not going to be a big time in the, in the, on the tennis court. So, right. you know, there are lots of influences uh, that can cause a kid to make a poor choice, one maybe being reputation for the school uh, either as a great athletic school or even a party school, which is obviously a, a terrible way to, to, to make a choice. Parents and friends and, and girlfriends uh, can make make uh, uh, kind of influence uh, decisions on that too. So when I say uh, try to choose a school without prejudice, go through that list of uh, smart picks that we talked about, find a book on, on how to find a college, and go through a process and not just an emotional one uh, because it can get real emotional. Uh, as far as a pickup college, uh, oftentimes, and we touched on this first too, oftentimes uh, high school players will say, oh, I only want to go Division One. If I can't do Division One. I, I don't want to play at all. Because they're the biggest and the best. Well, we've already proven that's not necessarily the case. You know, if right. you're going to put in that much effort and spend that much money to be a certain level, why not use the, the talent and, and the effort that you put in to benefit you?
1: Well, I really appreciate uh, you sharing that with us. I was hoping to talk to uh, uh, the, the coaches, but I think like most great people, they're always busy, and uh, I always uh, tell young coaches, don't be, if you're privileged enough to work with an older person, ask for advice. Uh, you might be surprised they find time for you. But I've been. Uh, I, I we've gone through a broadcast just about. I got a couple of things I have to go uh, and do. But uh, Jim March, the editor of Florida Tennis Magazine, is going to send you some extra copies. If you can get me this uh, by this weekend, uh, the addresses of some of these individuals. I was going to ask them for them. I would. Make sure that the uh, magazine is sent out to um, each of them. But uh, uh, Jim has said he would send some extra uh, copies uh, to you. And I just want to thank you. You've been uh, I've been blessed to know you for a lot of years. Uh, I think we've been both blessed to uh, experience some things together, and. Uh, um, I have just n- not known anybody that's been more supportive of high school tennis. And I was just, <clears throat> I tell people, some people use jobs as a stepping stone. Other people use the job because they love it and it doesn't really become a job. It becomes a love of thereafter. And well, I think any of the people that are, uh fortunate enough to go on to uh college where you heard coaching uh they're gonna find it's a blessing uh to them uh out there at ottawa but i to, for you to still work with high school tennis i mean you you truly are a special person, Scott. I have about two minutes before I have to cover some things uh, on the broadcast is there anything you'd like to talk about the college or any last words you'd like to say?
0: Well, I just, I just want to say, you know, and I'm sure you feel this way too. Uh, God gives us all talents and and blessings. And, you know, for me to be a college coach, for me to to live with a father who was a 50 year high school coach and and to be influenced by other coaches uh, in my life, has been a true blessing for me. So, I don't view it as a job, as as you say. I kind of view it as a calling to and minister to kids, um, and not only teach them the love of the game, but uh, uh, some life skills along the way as well.
1: Well, thank you for all you do. I I know you know that if I could be any assistance in a small way, I'm uh, I'm there at your side uh, anytime I can be. I know you've been there. Uh, for the uh f h s t c a many times uh people that don't realize it uh i my own ego I think I've had some of the better uh, workshops going but I had a budget of zero these people came in from around the country on their own dime and uh like i said uh, Scott has done it a couple times and When he couldn't do it, he uh, went out of his way to uh, uh, do YouTube presentations for us for our certification uh, program. I think you all know that I'm a believer. You're you're never too old to stop learning. You have to continuously work on continuously getting better, and um, this is one thing that Scott was such a big assistance with. Next week, normally we have uh, uh, Alan uh, Fox would be on. As you know, we're coming into a special time of year, and actually on uh, the 15th of uh, December, I'm going to be taking off for a month with my wife and seeing uh, my family. Uh, there won't be any broadcast. Next week, I don't think we're going to be able to have Alan Fox on. Uh, Chuck Reese will be on the following week. Uh, If not, uh, if I don't have a guest on, uh, I'm probably uh, going to do a broadcast uh, and bring in uh, tennis and basketball together. As most of you know, I come from a basketball background and coached basketball before I coached uh, uh, tennis. And I do believe there's a lot of philosophies that go together there. So uh, I realize that the best broadcasts uh, that we have are when we have people like Scott and the other mentors on doing uh, 90% of the talking that I don't have a radio voice. But hopefully if I don't have a special person on, um I will have uh, some good information for you as far as coaching. You've heard me say before the game of tennis is really a game of time. And how do I buy time? How do I take away time? I think if you're now that we're into the basketball season, uh, you'll find a lot of similarities. And some of the things that I did coaching tennis. Uh, coaching basketball. I brought into uh, tennis and some special people uh, that were a part of encouraging me that I was on the right track. Uh, Scott said uh, we are a product of other people and if we're not afraid to go out and uh, look for uh, help and ask other people uh, there's a, lessons to be learned everywhere. So I thank you for listening. Uh, I ask you to please tell your friends uh, to tune in on Thursdays. They shouldn't even say that. Tune in when they feel they're capable. Of. I will post this on uh, org and I'll post it on other uh, coaching organizations that I'm about. And the great thing about Blog Talk Radio is, that you can choose a time that's convenient for you uh, to listen to. And we all have busy lives, and sometimes you can't listen uh, during the broadcast. Uh, There is a time that's convenient for you and turn and then. So uh, I thank you again, Scott, for uh, not just for being on the broadcast today. Uh, Hopefully we're going to have you on many times. I will remind the audience, though, Uh, i've heard a a couple times the top 25 boys uh, tennis teams or the top 25 girls basketball team well you missed this player or you missed that player uh this team rather not player but team uh you have to sit there and let uh scott know you go into the national high school tennis coaches association facebook team make your recommendations let me know. I will forward it to uh, Scott. We're in communications uh, a lot. The same way with the Hall of Fame coaches. I submitted uh, a group of people to Scott, who I think are worthy in Florida. I can think of coaches in a lot of other states that I'm familiar with. And uh, if the are they as worthy as the other side that just came in? I don't know. Maybe not. But they are definitely worthy of being recognized. But, Scott, you can't know everybody. Recommend. Give them names. Tell them. Most of the great coaches aren't going to recommend, recommend themselves for an award. So thanks for listening. I pray I'm with you again next week. And uh, you have a blessed week now. Thanks, John. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Good luck this year.